Hello, my name is Riley Penner. And I'm Amanda Hahn. We are both in Mr. Manelli's third period class, and we both currently attend Merced High School. Do you feel as if school is a getaway? Do you think we should go back to school? A lot of students have poor home lives and may not have food in their household. School is their only escape, and our mission is to bring awareness to that. This might sound like a biased opinion since we are both currently students with no one susceptible in our homes, but we feel for students who have a hard time at home with the only thing they look forward to is school. We think that school should be open for students who need it. It should be an option for students to continue distant learning or attending school. A lot of students don't feel comfortable with the idea of attending physical classes during the pandemic, but we feel as though some students should at least have an optional getaway. Of course, there will still be precautions to stop the spread of the virus, such as social distancing, masks, etc. We just never know what someone else is going through, and sometimes having school open is the only way those students can cope and feel safe. In the article, The Importance of Reopening America's Schools This Fall, it states, Aside from a child's home, no other setting has more influence on a child's health and well-being than their school. The two main fo points we're focusing on are, one, neglect in a household from parents or maybe abuse. Second is that some people might not have the nutrition and food that they, they need to be nourished at home. So here is some research that I found. Um, in the same article, it says, extended school closures deprive children who live in unsafe homes in neighborhoods of an important layer of protection from neglect, as well as physical, sexual, and emotional maltreatment and abuse, which we had just said. A 2018 Department of Health and Human Service report found that teachers and other educational staff were responsible for more than one-fifth of all reported child abuse cases, more than any other category of a reporter. During the COVID-19 school closures, however, there has been a sharp decline in reports of suspected maltreatment, but tragically a notable increase in evidence of abuse when children are seen for services. For example, the Washington DC Child and Family Services Agency recorded a 62% decrease in child abuse reporting calls between mid-March and April 2020 compared to the same time period in 2019, but saw more severe presentation of child abuse cases in emergency rooms. Children who live in a home or neighborhood where neglect, violence, or abuse occur, but who are not physically in school, are deprived of access to trained school professionals who can re readily and identify the signs of trauma and provide needed support and guidance. So I know that was a mouthful, but in more words or less, it's just talking about how the from March to April 2020, there is a very, very, very like noticeable. Um, increase in child abuse because children are home more and there is more responsibility on them especially if the parents are already neglecting them so in my second point that i was supposed to make i was talking about nutrition so this is what the article said about that extended school closures can be harmful to the nutritional health of children schools are essential to meeting the nutritional needs of children with with many consuming up to half their daily calories at school. Nationwide, more than 30 million children participate in the National School Lunch Program and nearly 1.5 million participate in the School Breakfast Program. For children from low-income families, schools meals are especially critical source of affordable, healthy foods. While schools have implemented strategies to continue meal service throughout periods of school closure, it is difficult to maintain the type of school nutrition program over the long term. This is particularly a severe problem for the estimated 11 million food insecure children living in the United States. So basically, like I said, that's another mouthful, but in more words or less, it's just saying that, yeah, we're still trying to supply food to children, but it's, it's hard because a lot of families won't come forward about it. 
It literally says that children consume up to half of their daily calories at school. So if we're not having school implemented, what what is that doing for children? If they're if they're lacking half of the calories, a lot of families cannot afford to supply f breakfast, lunch, and dinner, especially in in the Central Valley. We know that we are living in a, in a town of poverty, so I can't even imagine some of the the younger children who who aren't able to come forward about the way they're being treated at home. In the second article I researched, it's called Child Trauma is One of the Many Unseen Harms from Shutting Down America's Schools. Uh, the author of this one is actually a children's doctor, and she mostly focuses on neglect nutritionally. Um, so I'm going to read what she has to say about that. For far too many children, shutting down schools is not a risk-benefit proposition. It's a risk-risk one. A trade-off between contracting a viral illness that can spread to their vulnerable family members and teachers versus being exposed to hunger, child abuse, homelessness, mental health issues, and other forms of domestic distress. Um, she states, Many of my patients have abnormal hunger vital signs evidence of crises before they are officially declared. It is why the mother of one of my patients brought her to the emergency department in the middle of the day instead of taking her to the clinic. When she asked her why, she admitted that it was because they give her free food in the emergency department. It was the end of the month and they were barely making ends meet. So basically what this shows me is that obviously parents, are, majority of the time, are in, intentionally neglecting their children of food. They just can't afford it, especially in the Central Valley, where I know that there is a lot of poverty. I know that there has to be families who are really struggling with this coronavirus, especially since people are losing their jobs. And, you know, it, it, it's already hard enough during the school year to make ends meet, but it makes it a little bit easier having the, the lunch being able to be given from the school. I know that, like, we've definitely come up with substitution methods, but I don't think it's the, the exact same. Um, the doctor also states, her answer reminded me of a harsh reality for many families. 50% of public schools qualified as mid-high and high-poverty schools during the 2015-2016 academic school year. In these schools, half or more of the students were eligible for free or reduced price lunch. These school lunch programs are a lifeline for minority children. 70-80% of Black, American, Indian, and Latino children depend on these programs for at least one meal a day. That being said... I know in the Central Valley that we are, you know, majority uh, ethnic groups and especially like, like she said, like the, these children are depending on these programs. I know that we have substitution programs like I just mentioned, but I genuinely do not feel from the bottom of my heart it is the same as being able to go to the school and eat. I, who knows what, what, the, what the parents do when they actually get the food for the children? Who, who, who knows? We don't know parents' intentions. We don't know anything. I think school is a very, very important getaway and that we should at least have the option, especially for these children that are being neglected. It's, it's not fair to them. It's just not fair. The first paper I, the first article I researched was by Christina Wyman. The title was Difficult Home Lives and the Other Side of Educational Access. The first thing she said was nearly one quarter of my roster cited having to navigate how toxic parents or siblings often distracted them from the work that needed to be done. A lot of students have a toxic home environment and can't escape besides going to school. 
She also said, all of my students are legal adults and for better or for worse, each of them returned home to a long-standing family dynamic. Although Christina Wyman is talking about college students, this still associates with high schoolers and lower grade levels. A lot of students under the age of 18 can't get away from their toxic household because they can't move out. Lastly, she said, they were concerned not only about being able to complete their work while quarantined with problematic family members, but also about my interpretation of their products. A lot of people have family members who are controlling and may have their sibling or guardian making something else their top priority. The second article I researched was by Peter Dewitt. The title was, this is what students want us to know about pandemic learning. The first thing Peter Dewitt said was what makes pandemic learning harder is to know that not every student has enough to eat every day. Some students aren't able to eat because their parents can't provide food to them, whereas school offers free meals. So Peter Dewitt did a survey on K through 12 students, and these are some issues the students in the US are facing. 10 million do not have access to a laptop. Close to 30 million students qualify for free and reduced price lunch and need breaks to go to school to pick up their lunch. Students are taking care of their siblings as their parents are essential workers and lack other childcare options. They are struggling with virtual learning and do not always know how to connect. They live in cities where city buses are being used to create hotspots for two hours a day so they can get online. So Peter Dewitt talks about all of these things that make it harder for students to be able to do distance learning and how it affects them. To conclude, it is extremely evident that schools should try to provide at least an option for children with neglectful parents or children that just have poor home lives. It is important for children to have a getaway in order to either protect themselves or protect their education. We hope that our research and claims have opened listeners' eyes by providing unfortunate facts about this pandemic and connecting with our audience. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us. It helps ensure that our point is made. Goodbye. Have a great day.